Hi, uh, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself? Hey, uh, thank you. I'm Daniel Benmergi. I'm an independent game developer uh, from Argentina working on a game called Storyteller. Okay. And uh, you were, the game was actually nominated for an award uh, at GDC. Can you talk about that? Yeah, the game was nominated uh, for, and it won actually, uh, the Nuovo Award this year which is uh, an award given to games. Um, the definition is a bit, is a bit um, not, not really strict, but it sort of means that it's uh, innovative, experimental, uh, short-form games, video games. And so, yeah, this year, you cool. won that award. And so were you at uh, GDC in San Francisco this year? Yes, yes, I was there. Uh, and I'm actually still in San Francisco. I decided to stay for a while after... Uh, GDC to um, hang on and learn from people I admire. So, yeah. yeah. And how do you like that? Um, has that been a positive experience to be in San Francisco and meeting other game developers? Well, yeah, this is actually the the seventh time I came here, uh, okay. so I'm kind of used to it. Oh. But yeah, it's always it's always it's always very important to uh, get to meet the people that are doing what you want to do. Um, it's been very important for me, especially given that I live in a country that is very far away and we have a very, very tiny uh, industry yeah. and an even tinier indie scene. So it's important for me to meet people who are doing stuff okay. I want to. Now, um, you know, you mentioned that the game won an award. Do you, why would you say that it won that award, the Nuevo Award? Well, um, it's because, I mean, playing the game is a different experience. It feels different from other games. Um, I'm, I'm trying to do something that is um, it's a completely new experience, okay. which is very hard to make, and, and, uh, but it produces this, this effect. The people playing it feel that they never played something like it before. Yeah, and for the audience <clears throat> out there, can you explain what the game is exactly? Well, Storyteller is a puzzle game uh, in which you have to build stories using some of the language of comics, which means that you're you're giving you're asked to make a story uh, like Romeo and Juliet, and you're given a, a a bunch of actors, and you have to drag them onto comic panels in order to make the story of Romeo and Juliet. Okay. But there are several constraints on how things work, so it's actually, it can be a bit tricky to figure out how to do them. So if someone was to make Romeo and Juliet, maybe they would have the Romeo and the Juliet and a couple other like wordings or phrases, and they'd have to drag them onto the different panels, and then the fourth panel would... If well, actually, it's, okay. yeah, it's, it's, um, you, you would definitely have Romeo and Juliet, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then in, in this particular case, you will also need to have a tombstone because you use tombstones to tell, to express that somebody died. So you have to make them fall in love. Uh, one of them feel bad enough to commit suicide and then the other one commits suicide because of that and they're, they are both dead and you fulfill the requirements of the story. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's very visual. There's very few words in the game. Almost, okay. I would say almost no, almost no words. Oh, okay. 
Um, yeah, because I was looking at your blog and I saw some of the screenshots, so it just seemed like. Um, but now I'm I'm seeing the interface. Um, right. What platform was this game done in? Well, I'm working in ActionScript, pure ActionScript, not Flash. Um, oh. But it's it's like yeah, Air. It's it's probably going to be released on Air, the desktop uh, Adobe thing. Uh, probably my goal is Steam and then iPad. Is there a playable version out already, or is it still not yet? Okay. Not yet, but but uh, there's there's uh, there are events, there's events, like art art events or comic events that I'm starting to uh, show the game during those events. Yeah, and what's what's been the feedback? You know, now that you've seen people playing the game and you saw them playing at the, the GDC in San Francisco, uh, what you know what what surprised you in terms of how people were playing the game? Well, well, the, the the game always su surprises me uh, when I see people playing it. Uh, the reactions are very varied. The game is in a very very early stage, so I'm still working out what how the gameplay actually works. That's not a solved problem yet. Okay. Um, so some people some people will get confused. Yeah. By the game, but a lot of people when they get the hang of it. They usually find solutions to the puzzles that I didn't think of that actually work. Okay. I mean, the game can detect uh, um, solutions that are good, even though I, as a game designer, didn't think about them. Or did not, did not, came up with the yeah. alternate solutions in my head. Well, can you? That's can actually it? very surprising because, uh, yeah, even for sim very simple stories, people manage to figure out ways. Of finding alternate solutions. Yeah, can you give a specific example of that? Because um, I, I think that sounds fascinating, given that it's a puzzle, you know. And when you think of puzzles, there, I mean, yeah, there can be multiple solutions, I guess, for physics puzzles. Right. Um, for, you know, but in this word space, or, you know, this word domain space, it just seems like a different domain space. So it's kind of interesting to see how emergence would happen in that case, yes, or in the story uh, space. That's what I meant. Yes, the, 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 uh, you get a lot of room for interpretation yeah. with the story, individual stories. I mean, instead of levels, uh, storyteller have stories. Yeah. You're asked to build stories. So they might give you a very bad uh, goal, like um, this character must commit suicide, right? Okay, yeah. So uh, in order to achieve that, you have a few elements, and there are combinations in which you can create you, you can create a situation in, in, in which that character commits suicide. But uh, when I was designing the story, I was thinking about this particular solution. I had this particular solution in mind, yeah. but then players will figure out a totally different story that ends up in that character committing suicide. That's very surprising. Well, how does the algorithm figure out if that's going to happen or not? Well, because yeah. the, this, there, are two, there are two different... Uh, different algorithms in the game. One is, yeah. is the one that simulates what's going on in the story. That algorithm solves things like if there are two lovers on the same frame and they're not in love with somebody else, they're going to fall in love with, for each other, right? Okay. There's one algorithm that solves all that kind of thing. If there's, if there's a villain and somebody's caged, then it means the villain kidnapped that person. It does that kind of things. And on the other hand, you have the stories that only ask specific questions to all the, the actors in the game. So, in this in, in this example I gave before, 
the, the, the story is only asking, is there any character in this story that has committed suicide? I don't care how it got there. I only care about what the state is now. So now he, this character committed suicide. So this goal is fulfilled, no matter how the player got there. Okay. So in that, in that gap between the two things is where uh, interpretation comes in and people find different solutions to the process. And the algorithm behind it, is it pretty much an inference engine or are you using decision trees or what? It's actually very, it's a very simple, it's a lot simpler than, than one would think it is. Okay. The game has concepts. Uh, a concept is hate, for example, or love, or killing, or stealing, or uh, leaving somebody. Those are concepts. Okay. So uh, what the algorithm does is it goes through each concept of the game and checks every actor to see if he fulfills the conditions for that concept to activate itself. So okay. in the case of in the case of love, uh, love checks whether there's lover and he's available or or whether he fell in love before. So love adds itself to the meaning of, of the story. It's sort of like that. There's there are several constra interesting constraints. Like for example, uh, there, there's the concept of dying, and then there's, there's there's the concept of killing. But in order to know if there was a killing, you need to know if there was a death. Okay. So those concepts are uh, linked, and they form this this uh, a graph of, of dependencies uh, that is needs to be evaluated carefully, so you don't create loops or uh, you don't ask questions that can be answered yet. Like you can you can ask if somebody died, if somebody was killed before you know if he died or not. Now, so uh, it's very straightforward, actually. Yeah, and you mentioned that the game design wasn't completely solved yet. You know what are what are the open game design issues that you're having with the game at this point? Well, uh, the, the the game has many many uh, open fronts because because of, of its nature. Like if I want if I was making a game uh, a logical puzzle game in which I don't know you have to solve logical constraints. Yeah. Uh, you know the universe is pretty small because uh, the amount of verbs you have limit the amount of possibilities the player has. Yeah. So in that constrained world, you can start thinking, okay, how deep can I go with these constraints? In the case of Storyteller, if I removed, you know, the characters and the, um, um, the meaning and love and hate for abstract symbols, the game would not make any sense anymore. Uh, so you need to use your human interpretation of what's going on in order to solve the puzzles. And that means that uh, there's a lot of room for People interpreting things differently. People misreading what's going on. Uh, players uh, getting getting stuck because they didn't understand something very well. And that's the, the other problem is how do you make a really deep game, a really a, a story that is really hard to make, uh, that is actually enjoyable to play, right? Because yeah. You can always make hard things that are that are excruciating. But uh, in order to make it to have good to, to have challenging stories that are good, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of problems that I have to solve at the same time. And since I don't have any other games to use as reference, it takes me a long time to figure out. Yeah. So yeah, that's why the game is not solved gameplay wise yet. Um, you know, you mentioned having challenging stories. Is that do you feel that's even necessary for these games? Um, you know. For the casual player or a player who's just looking at the game, maybe they just want 
the unique experience, it doesn't, they don't have to be challenging stories, or do you feel that challenge is important in this game? Well, um, that's, that's a very good question. Um, what I think is, the game, I feel the game has potential to have challenging stories. Once the player has played the first stories and got the hang of how things work, uh, if I don't ramp up what I'm asking you to do, the game becomes boring. I already okay. uh, experience, experienced that. Uh, at first, everything's new, so you're kind of you know discovering how even the basic things work. So I can get away with simple simple stories that are you know not that challenging uh, if you know what's going on. But after a while, uh, the they, uh, simple stories grow old because you you already you already mastered the language of the game and want to do more interesting things with it. Well, so that's so, that's what challenging stories are for. Are you sure people get bored with it? Because, for example, you would think that hidden object games, you know, mm-hmm. like after a while, people would get bored with it. But people just seem to like the mechanic, and as long as you have kind of varying content. It, you know, so I don't know if it's if if it's you getting bored as the game designer, or if you've actually seen people get bored after a while. Well, yeah, I've seen people get bored after a while. Okay. One, 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 one thing one thing that um, is going on right now is that I am restraining myself from putting any kind of audiovisual um, stimulus in the game. So it's not you know, it's experientially the game right now is not very pleasing because yeah. I don't want to model. Uh, what's really enjoyable about the game? You know, I, I could have a lot of audiovisual feedback of what's going on, and it would make the game a lot better in, yeah. in terms of experience. Uh, but I don't want to go there yet because I really want to know how far can I take the gameplay. Okay. Of it. I really want to make a very. I'm, I'm not just want to make a different game. I want to make a very good game. So I'm I'm going for that now. Yeah, and. Um, you mentioned that you really don't have any references of other games to look at while you do this, so it takes you longer to do things. Mm-hmm. What's what's your process for exploring and experimenting with ways to take the game, you know, into well, to the place you want to take it? There, there are two, there are two main different ways uh, that I think about what what to do in the game. Um, one is bottom up, which is thinking about the structure of how, how the game represents concepts and stuff like that, and thinking about how can I combine these two concepts to generate something new. Uh, sometimes while fixing bugs, I realize that there are some subtleties to what what could happen in the story based on, 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 on the code I'm writing, right? Yeah. That's a bottom-up thing. I mean, programming the game gives me ideas on how what directions I can take. And then the other approach is top-down, which is, by looking at people play, I can see the way they are. They are I can see the way in which they build the mental model of how the game works. And sometimes I'm surprised by that. Like okay. I, I, I watch somebody play, and then they do this thing, and I understand that they're they're trying to achieve this other thing I never thought about, and that makes me think. All right, maybe I should allow that, or maybe I should make it not possible to do that, or maybe this is a good direction to go. Okay, and you know, when I think of storytelling, I think of something like The Sims, which was kind of an open-ended game. Mm-hmm. Do you um, did you look into, you know, using this, making this more of a toy, or having 
multiple potential outcomes where different stories yield different points or um, you know what what other explorations do you look at in terms of allowing players to be more expressive or do you right. feel that's even important for the game well the thing is I mean the, the, the game is going to ship with a with an editor in which you can play with all the elements of the game the, the, the game algorithm will be still running in the back so you okay. still you will still have to abide by the rules of the game in, and in that sense I think the puzzles of the game are actually teaching you uh, about what narrative devices you have available by using the language of the game itself, right? So um, each time you solve a puzzle, you're actually learning something, some narrative trick you can use by using the elements of the game. So what I'm thinking is that by the time you, you, you hit the editor at the end of the game, um, you will already have a very rich vocabulary on how to express things using the game tools. So yeah, yeah, but the puzzle element of the game, I think, is crucial because it kind of forces you to uh, figure out the interesting things about constraint and constraints and human yeah. human interpretation of stories and some of the techniques that comics use to tell stories. So what um you know since it it is a new type of design, what I guess what genre would you consider this game in? I mean, would you consider it a puzzle game or? Well, it's definitely it's definitely a puzzle game. Okay. Uh, it's a puzzle game that is that is what 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 is usually confusing about puzzle games is that you know most puzzle games out there are, are uh, leave, exist on a very abstract uh, universe. Yeah. Um, they're, they're mo most of them are, are, are abstract in nature, uh, or like the physics puzzles are really contrived. You know, you have all these machines that actually don't make sense. You're just trying to figure out how to how to uh, achieve the goals by using all the constraints you have. In that sense, uh, Storyteller um, is still a puzzle game in that sense, that you are trying to reach a solution uh, by respecting a lot of constraints at the same time. But uh, it's using since it's using a lot of intuitive and interpretation things that you don't tend to see in puzzles. Uh, uh, it might, it might seem that the game belongs to a different genre, but I, but I don't think so. I think I, I, I would definitely I would definitely label Storyteller as a puzzle game. Okay, and you know you mentioned being in San Francisco and you know being able to learn from some of the developers in San Francisco. Can you right. talk about your you know I guess uh, game development process? Um, you know how do you keep innovative? What what's your process? Um, what's your what's your daily schedule like? Are you primarily working on storyteller? Or are you exploring other prototypes? Yeah, uh, right now I'm, I'm I'm only focusing on storyteller. Part of my trip here is to uh, is to take advantage of all the smart people that I'm surrounded with to um, take storyteller one step further. That might might be difficult for me to do while being working alone in Argentina. Well, what's and it's the... already been very, 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 very uh, um, useful in that sense. So you consider meeting in person way more effective than, say, using forums or something else? No, no, no that's, that's, that's definitely it. Uh, one of the things that I'm, that I'm doing here is observation. Okay. I mean, it's not, it's not about uh, you know, other people solving the problems of the game for me. 
It's about watching other people, how they work, gotcha. you know, people that you admire. Sure. So it's seeing, it's seeing then how it's, it's looking at them and observing how they work, how they solve problems, how they approach things. And then you kind of start incorporating that in your own process, even though you're not very conscious of it. That yeah. is something that is impossible to do, uh, you know, through the yeah. internet. You have, to, you have to be here in person. Can you talk about then some of those new habits or processes you've incorporated in your own design process as you've? Um, well, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just starting. It's, I, yeah. I've been here only for a month. Sure. Uh, but I'm already starting to, to see and make my decisions on the game uh, based on a different philosophy. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging around people that are very extreme in their policies, like uh, Chris Hecker and Sean Blow. Uh, so I'm kind of, um, I don't know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm starting to, a lot of assumptions I had of how to do things are starting to break down, and I'm starting to challenge uh, my own notions of how, what makes good game design. Okay, well, what specifically has been um, challenged? Like, is there anything specific that, you, that you've completely changed? Because you did mention that now you're changing some of your game design philosophy. Right. Um, well, can you yes. talk about specific, I guess, decisions or choices now that you're thinking yes. that are different? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. The thing is, um, I don't know, like watching... Um, making puzzle games... There's a lot of uh, decisions you have to make uh, of what's interesting and what is not interesting in a game. Yeah. Um, like, one, one thing is repetition, repetition is very hard to spot when you're making a game, when, when you're making a puzzle game. But if, if you keep in mind, if, you keep, if you're very conscious about what are the interesting mechanics of this game and how can I build on top of them instead of, you know, um, Stay in the shallow area, uh, you know, whatever you try so far at work, you just keep doing that. Instead of doing that, you can look at your game really hard and think, okay, what are the higher level concepts in this puzzle game? And can I build something interesting on top of those? And it's, you know, doing that exercise is, it's very hard. It's, it's yeah. hard. It's, 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 it's demanding and tiring and a bit, um, uh, it takes a long time for it to be rewarding because you have to train yourself to think at that level. So I'm, I'm starting to try to do that, and it's it's really hard. So some some days I wake up and not feel very uh, not very eager to jump at game anymore. Yeah. And are there any other techniques or habits that you feel that you've um, learned from other people that you've been hanging around that have really improved your game design or your you know, game development execution? Well, something I, I, I will definitely do is uh, start designing in paper. I don't have the habit of doing that. Okay, so uh, paper but, prototyping know, or something? or? Yeah, no, it's, it's about, you know, thinking, whatever game you're making, thinking, uh, thinking about it in paper instead of in front of the computer actually makes you approach, I mean, it's not a, it's not just a quantitative approach to try to design games by using the prototype itself and using paper. Uh, and I think they actually achieve different results. 
by, yeah, by, well, what, by, by designing a paper, you're forcing yourself not to think only about the puzzle you have to solve, but you have to think very hard about the constraints of your own game. Because if you're in front of the game, you can try something and think, oh, all right, that's, it's right, it doesn't work, right? Yeah. Because you can actually confirm it right away on your prototype. And that's but better. That actually, yeah, but it sounds better. But the thing is, it's actually, I think it's actually making you also a bit lazy. <laughs> okay. Well, you're not thinking hard enough about your yeah. game uh, by you know just using the prototype. When you're in paper, you don't have any of that. You have to think about everything. So and after a while, I think you can that that trains you to think at a higher level. Yeah. So maybe clarify on paper, but design and code. I mean, I don't. You know, I think that the danger is that a lot of people may not a lot, but I've definitely seen people where they're designing their whole game on paper. You know, they spec out everything, but they haven't really prototyped anything. And maybe it's that balance between the act of prototyping, you know, prototype thinking, along with clarifying it on paper. So clarifying your understanding. No, 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 definitely. No, that's definitely. I mean, uh, you can you can be around. You can design without a prototype. That's 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 never going to work. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you think in paper and then you try and prototype. Sure. Okay. So it's the mix. That's one of the changes. Yes, it's mixed. Um, yeah, and any other changes then that you're doing that you feel are making you more effective? Um, well, I just realized that um, having a strong, having a very clear view of the internal structure, I mean, I'm, ter- I'm thinking in coding, programming yeah. terms, uh, having a very clear structure on how your game works, having a very solid structure, uh, a very solid foundation upon which your game is built, is very important for you to think about your own game correctly. Okay. Uh, like, I, I'm feeling confident that you know how your game works. Uh, it's a critical part of uh, doing, making, making good game design. And, and, you know, even I have been guilty of not doing that. Like, Storyteller, before coming here, uh, this, the internal structure of the game was right, but it was not very solid, and there there were corners that not even not even me understand it very well how they work. Okay. And being here, Chris Hacker sort of forced me to think about that clearly, and you know, refactor the thing into something that is that feels solid, and okay. that has actually improved the game. So when you say refactor, are you talking maybe about literally abstracting your game design concepts into? You know, higher order functions that you can then access instead of working. No, within. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about. Okay, uh, uh, if I have, I mean, I, I, I told you before that Storyteller has concepts, right? Yeah. So it's very important. I, I didn't realize. I, I didn't realize the game worked like that until recently. So now I know there are concepts. Now this, okay. the following question yeah. is: How are those concepts represented in the game, in the in the program, in the code of the game, right? Yeah. So. I, after discussing a lot about that, uh, I came up with a, a good representation that, that fits what concepts need that uh, makes it so when I need to make a change, I mean, the, the constraints of the new structure of Storyteller makes it, makes it so uh, they also have make logic, logical sense. So, okay. for instance, before I could have 
I could have loops if I was sloppy when I was programming. Like uh, you could ask uh, the solver would get stuck or would make a wrong conclusion about something. And I would just patch it without really understanding why it was going wrong. Gotcha. Uh, right now, the new structure makes it so that it's very hard for me to uh, make a mistake, a logical mistake on the programming side, because the structure of the program is helping me know when I'm making a mistake. Gotcha. Right? So that, yeah. that means I understand my game better, and also uh, I feel more confident about the code I'm writing. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, for developers out there, there has to be this abstraction between, you know, the code itself and the vocabulary of the game structure itself. And if you can abstract those, because I know sometimes people get their game and code structures mixed up, and then it becomes hard to actually think at a higher level, game design level. Right. And it sounds like that's what you're, you've kind of learned, or is that... Right. Is that, okay, just wanted to make sure I was understanding. Cool. Um, any other, I guess interesting habits or concepts that... Well, so, something that is definitely going to happen is that uh, most of the stuff that I'm learning right now, I'm going to yeah. realize when I go back home in a couple of Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's going to simmer on the back of my head and it's probably going to, 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 to spread into my game design life without even me being totally conscious about it. Yeah, and... You know, at this point, when do you expect Storyteller to be done? Well, um, it's going to take me at least another year because there, there's going to be two stages to the game. I'm still in the first stage. The first stage is trying to get the gameplay as far as I'm competent to do so. By that, I mean making interesting stories, making challenging stories, figuring out what the rules of the game are, whether I can communicate them properly to a player or not, all the stuff. That is, you know, it's, it's research if you want to see it that way. Uh, and then the second stage would be about fort fortifying the game. I'm going to get somebody else to help me with the music and the um, visual aesthetics and, you know, lots of polishing and, and details and all this stuff in order to make it a proper commercial game. So I'm going to guess it's going to be at least another year and if I had to be very strict about making a, a prediction, I would say it's going to be at least a year. And how do you balance that uh, time needed to make a good game with um, the marketing and, you know, now now you have a captive audience, they're fascinated because you won the Nuevo Award. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you balance that with, you know, reaching, like being, yeah, reaching timelines or deadlines so that the people who are interested in the game can, you know, it's still fresh in their mind and they want to play it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, I'm starting to make a very slow burn uh, marketing thing. I mean, I'm just going one step at a time. Um, one is, well, you know, I have, I have this Facebook page for the game and I'm posting stuff about the game all the time and and tweet about it, and I'm, I'm, I'm recently starting to do that. But uh, it's going to ramp up as, as I get closer to the, to the game's publishing date. The Nuovo Award itself, you know, gives you a lot of attention for a very brief period of time, but yeah. then it, doesn't, it really doesn't guarantee absolutely anything. I mean, not a lot has happened after winning the award, actually. 
It's not. I mean, it's a, it's a very flashy thing, and it's cool, and it's uh, and it's um, um, but 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 you know, it, it doesn't have that much of an impact actually. Okay, and um, since it's going to take a year, are you going to also explore other game designs or other games while you're working on this? Well, I, 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 I've been trying, I, every now and then, I, start, I, I, I go to these jams and try some new idea I have on, the, on, the, on, my, on, on a corner somewhere. Okay. Uh, but what has happened to me last year is that even though I found a, a few ideas that I like it, and I would totally see myself working on them, Storyteller kind of pulls me back into it. It won't allow me to you know, seriously tackle another project. But I'm definitely going to, uh, I'm definitely going to um, keep making prototype for other games. And if I get tired of storyteller, maybe it'll take a month or two in the future to do something else, to come back with a fresh. Yeah. Uh, are there any specific types of genres that you like to prototype in, or when you do these game jams, do you just pick a random genre at that point? Well, I don't even think in those terms. So usually, uh, I have I have this document full of ideas I had at some point. So when a game jam comes in, I usually look at that list and pick, pick one and I think it's going to be fun to try making and uh, try it and see, see how far can I take it in a couple of days. Okay. And what, um, what are the, say, top two to three suggestions that you'd have for game designers or game developers out there and how they can be more innovative or more effective with their game design? Well... You know, I'm not. I'm. 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 I'm actually. I'm actually a rookie game designer, so I would. I would be. I'm not sure. I would have. I could. You know, have very, um, very useful suggestions for other game designers. But I would definitely say that there's many different ways of seeing game design, and you know, only, only reading articles or playing the same games over and over again. It's not going to help a lot, you know. Have a fresh view on on how to okay. do different game design. So there's a lot of people out there that are smart and thinking about thinking about things differently that we can look at before. Okay. Yeah. And um, where can listeners find out more information about Storyteller? You know, follow progress on the game. Well, um, if you, I, I'm guessing if you look at uh, Google's, if you look for Storyteller, Storyteller game in Google, uh, you're going to get my site, and then from there you can you can you can subscribe to my tweets or the Facebook page of the game if you want to find out what's going on. Okay, and and also there's lotomancy.com, right? Or, yes. Okay. Uh, great. Uh, thanks again for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, congratulations on your award. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Bye.